And welcome back to the FCS Football Podcast presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network, your most entertaining and also best source for football analysis at the FCS level, your go-to podcast for all of your needs for FCS football. So, Sean, over the past couple of weeks, I've been training and preparing for my opportunity to keep playing, and it's very interesting doing that in the setting that I'm doing because there are so many FCS guys that I'm training with, and it's all these guys that we've noted and, and talked about at various points during the season. But I think that one of the funniest things and one of the most interesting things that I've acknowledged is that without fail, at least once a week over the past four weeks, there has been one argument, one, and this isn't like just like a simple like, oh, simple level argument. This is like a, a shouting match between every CAA guy there who is the best team in the CAA besides James Madison. It does not fail on a, a weekly basis that it doesn't hit that somebody's arguing over that. Is anybody vouching for Rhode Island? Uh, considering the fact that we have five Rhode Island guys there, I have not heard anyone. It's the, the main guys, the Albany guys. It's, it's just really funny because they're all arguing over like, oh, we, you know, we'd kick the crap out of you. Like, oh, we should have beat you, stuff like that. And then it's, you get the interjections from the Monmouth guys, um, the guys from, you know, some of the other schools that are saying, it's like, man, we, we could do well in the CAA and, and all the CAA guys are saying to them, saying to them, I don't, I don't know about that. that makes me really happy did you refer them to this show um i did not and i I honestly considered joining i i i considered joining in on the argument but i I, it's more interesting to sit and observe observe and listen to them argue over who has the better football program and who would beat who than trying to argue with them and giving my actual knowledge on the on the subject who from rhode island is over there arguing is murph there now, Mur- you think Murph would be arguing? Well, I didn't know. I don't know because if you Mur- stepped in, whenever I stepped into an argument, Murph would be, oh, here comes Sean. Uh, everybody, <laughs> football experts here. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I can see him doing that. Okay, guys, settle down. Joe's here. <laughs> no, I mean, Murph is extremely quiet. Janetti doesn't argue with anyone. I, ironically, it is mostly receivers and corners that I have noticed that have been arguing the most, which... <laughs> Uh, that, that's expected at this point, right? Yeah, we've saw we've seen a good enough amount. If you if you were to tell me to guess which position groups were arguing, I would say receivers and DBs. Just yeah. given four years of seeing it at the college level, <laughs> they don't shut the hell up, and you and I don't <laughs> shut up. But they, no. it's all day that they just. It's like they're never tired. They're never tired. It, corners and. <laughs> Corners and receivers, they just, yeah, they'll go at it all day. That's so it's funny. A, it's a different level of argumentation for them, too, because it's like when you and I argue, we, you know, we try to like pull like really deep facts and stuff like that. But it, for corners and receivers, it's more of a trash talk. It's more of like saying something hurtful while also trying to argue. <laughs> you suck. That's why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> basically i won't dive into any names but it's just it's it's really fun uh to see all these guys still being competitive even though they're, they're playing days at the college level and hell there's a chance that a lot of these guys could be playing on the same nfl team and the same rookie uh mini camp or training camp roster and they'll still argue to the you know the the, the end of time which program ha- is the best and who and who is is the best program there's a one of the coaches is even 
a, uh, a former main player from five or, or, or eight years ago. And he, he also joins in on the, the argumentation, but Sean, why don't we roll on into what we're actually here for today? And that is doing our very first off season breakdowns. And what we're going to be doing for this, because we don't have any football games for you to break down. Obviously the national championship is passed. The North Dakota state won the national championship, continuing their reign of dominance over the past decade. What we're going to be doing, though, now is breaking down the top teams, the teams that made the playoffs, those really good programs from last season and discussing what they did well, what they need to build on, and then some of the things that they need to replace, guys that they're losing, and also acknowledging the recruits that they're bringing in to replace those various holes. So the first team we're going to discuss today is North Dakota State, and then we're going to also do James Madison towards the end of the show. And when you're talking about a national championship team, you might think to yourself, what do you really need to talk about improving on? You won the national championship. What could you really be doing differently? Well, if you want to continue that success in a program like that, they always evaluate themselves during the offseason and know exactly what they need to get better at. As far as things that they need to keep doing, though, Sean, we both agree here that they need to continue to develop Trey Lance. Uh, definitely. And Joe, I just had an idea, if you don't mind me bouncing it off of you. No, go ahead. Well, because we are such a fan-focused show and that these off-season breakdowns, we could, I mean, there's 126 teams and we're not going to get to all of them. And we want to get to a lot of the big teams. But would you be opposed to doing fan recommendation breakdowns? I would not. I was actually considering that and, and kind of had that thought We'd have to figure out the best way to go about it. We could probably just go to Twitter and ask for a polling of who do you want us to break down. But I do really like the idea of what our listeners want to hear about, what they want us to hit more on Kennesaw spe- State. Yeah, it's going to be all Kennesaw State all every Kennesaw State. single week. They just lost their defensive coordinator. Hey, Masseroni and Blythe, you get one episode, okay? And <laughs> if you don't ask, we're not going to do it. But if you do. <laughs> we'll do we'll do Kennesaw for half the episode. So get all of your questions out of the way. So Sean, though you you would agree with me though that developing Trey Lance is very very important. And it sounds odd saying, oh, they need to develop the Walter Payton Award winner, the best player in the country, a guy who threw no interceptions. Well, as a true sorry, a redshirt freshman rather, he still needs things that he needs to improve on. And I, I think the biggest clear thing is some consistency in his passing game. I think that you look at Trey Lance and you develop him like he's going to be the next Carson Wentz, and which he definitely could be. And you say, hey, we are going to make you into a legit NFL starter. And it's almost... I almost wish that Weber State did that with Josh Davis last offseason. I know he had some injuries, but it didn't seem like they developed him. Like, hey, you're going to be the next Christian McCaffrey, or you're going to be the next, uh, who is it, Boston Scott, someone that can go in there, catch passes, do a little bit of everything. And he didn't. He he was supposed to – it's not like he had a bad season, but he was supposed to be an insane player and take over the FCS this year. Not necessarily. That's not what he did. So we're hoping, I'm hoping – that North Dakota State sees Trey Lance, and they don't emulate what Weber State did, and they say, "Okay, we're gonna, we see what you did, but we're gonna, we're gonna raise you here. We're, we, you put twenty-five dollars uh, on the table, we're gonna, we're gonna make you raise up to fifty, and they do that for every single year that he's there. And also, when you talk about a quarterback who was the best in the country and was extremely dominant, 
teams are going to be smart. Understandably, you're you're North Dakota State, and you've continued to dominate, and some teams have struggled to really figure out how to compete well against you. But good defensive coordinators are going to figure out how to stop Trey Lance. They have a whole offseason in conference to figure out how can we stop the best player in the country. Same thing is going to happen with Lamar Jackson. Now, I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson is going to get completely stopped next year, but there are going to be a lot more instances where they can slow him down. The same is the case for Trey Lance. And Trey Lance was very willing to rely on his legs often, and that's just not going to work for veteran defensive coordinators that are smart and can scheme and prevent him from doing so. So you need to work on that consistency as a passer, not just tucking in and running at the first uh, sight of any pressure coming at him, or if he doesn't see that first available option, he needs to to find consistency, maybe start checking things down instead of leaving the pocket and running. And I know that it's that is his best asset, but if you want him to become a complete quarterback – a lot more needs to be done on his passing game. He brought up Lamar Jackson, and everyone thought that the Ravens are going to roll right into the Super Bowl, and the Titans figured him out. So who's to say that's not going to happen with Lance? So North Dakota State needs to be very responsible this offseason and making sure that everything is locked on straight. Yeah, they're a good program. I would not be surprised if they do heed to that advice and develop him properly. They definitely will spend the time in the offseason, and Trey Lance is a very hardworking kid, so they are certainly going to be putting in that work to, to continue to develop and improve in, improve on. Now, in terms of things that they need to improve on for the Bison, is find suitable replacements for a lot of the guys that they're losing. So it, the two biggest ones are Zach Johnson and Ben Ellefson and also Derek Tuska. Those are three big-name players. All three of those guys played in All-Star Senior Games, and they're going to have opportunities to play in the NFL. Zach Johnson being a really good offensive tackle, tackle Ben Elfson being their tight end, and then Derek Tuska being their best pass-rushing defensive end. That's a lot to lose on your team. Those are three very, very important positions. So it needs to be that mentality of next guy up and who can you bring into play right away. I, this is just the, the animal that is college football. You know there's always a finite amount that you can get from these players. So North Dakota State – losing such great players i have to have confidence in them that they have been grooming players uh for the past two years to be ready to fill these uh voids that they now have on the defense and the offense uh that it's obviously those are probably the three biggest needed improvements given the sizable loss of their departures but i have faith that they'll be able to 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 fill the holes properly and if you look at their recruiting class right now, they did bring in a three-star tight end, Joe Stoffel, uh, from uh, Wisconsin. It appears he's six foot four, two thirty-three. That's actually pretty good size for a freshman. Not sure if he'll play right away and how he will contribute. But also, they did bring in um, a uh, also a two-star defensive end, Seth Anderson. No relation to our Sean Anderson. I tell you, two <laughs> stars is fine, but mm-hmm. Seth Anderson. Let's get a better profile picture there, bud. <laughs> that's not a profile picture. That is re- that's his recruiting picture. He is same thing. Control over that. Same thing. He need, they, same, they, same they're not doing him a due diligence because six four two sixty. He doesn't look like six four two sixty. He looks like a relative of Mister Joe DeLeon. But obviously, hey. if you're a North Dakota State two star commit, you're you're probably a, a bit of a beast. So let's get something reflective. It looks like a freshman year photo. I'm just being honest here, Joe. Can I be honest? 
Yeah, you're, you're, that's fair. I mean, I Joe, when, look at Stoffel. He's in a football. He's in a uniform. I don't know if they can change those pictures or not. I don't. I never filled out a twenty four seven profile, so I don't. I don't know. But I, I think one of the most interesting prospects that they're bringing in in this recruiting class is Mason Miller, who is a two star guy, a bit undersized as an offensive lineman, is going to need to really get on that peanut butter and jelly diet. But he's he's six foot eight and he's two hundred forty pounds. So if he can pack on that weight, he's not going to play as a true freshman, but a two-star guy that that's that tall, that that's a that's a pretty good haul in in recruiting and, and getting a commitment from him. I, I'm just enamored by the the profile pictures here. Uh, uh, of course you are. Let's shake up real quick. He's two stars off uh, outside linebacker. Well, it's just a picture of his face. Wait, uh, why are you all hung up on pictures? Uh, because these guys are going to huge, uh, a, a huge, huge FCS school. So they're all obviously some right, we'll form call, of a stud. Call up your cousin Seth and ask him to change his picture. <laughs> if he was my cousin, he'd be hearing about it Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have any actual athletes in your family. so I um, the- <laughs> am going to go to blows with you, you small little man. <laughs> okay um now in terms of other guys though that they are losing it is worth acknowledging some other players on this list um james hendrix free safety is also a a senior and then ty brooks is also a senior there's a bunch of other players on uh, that are notably seniors but th- those are really the most notable ones that aren't going to be returning but the, it seems as if they've done a good job in recruiting, and North Dakota State always does do a really good job in recruiting and being being able to get all of those three-star recruits over the smaller FBS programs, which continues to be a huge, huge advantage for them. You, I mean, when I look at this list of North Dakota State's leaving seniors, two D tackles. Uh, linebacker, DBs, it, it's a little bit of everywhere, especially on that defensive side. So they're really going to need to fortify. I'm just looking at the list. Just It's going to be tough to fill all these. We've been, we, we've seen it when a defense gets plundered like this. And in North Coast State, it, it's going to hit you a little hard come spring ball when you're looking around like, wow, this is kind of a ghost town here. So they uh, just be ready. That's all I got to say. All right, now we're going to transition to talking about James Madison University. The runner-up for the national championship at the FCS level came so close to a comeback in the end of this game, but in an interception sealed it from Ben DiNucci. In terms of things that they need to keep doing, well, they're losing a lot of players, and we're going to hit on that very soon. However, I think it's worth noting, and it's kind of the same case for North Dakota State, is that they just need to keep out recruiting everyone. They are, are doing a tremendous jo- job, and they always do a tremendous job in hauling those three-star recruits. Right now, they have three that are committed. If, if this the 247 website is not fully updated, maybe they have some more. But right now, they have a pretty good list of guys. Uh, Tyler Stevens, three-star offensive guard, 6'4", 295. That's good size for a freshman. Uh, Kalon Black, running back, 5'10", 185, three stars. And then also a three-star corner, Antonio Webb Jr., Five foot ten, one seventy. So those are three very, very talented guys that can contribute and and potentially play in the first year. And they're also not just recruiting uh, talented high schoolers. They also have three uh, FBS commits. 
uh, that that have um, transferred. They have a Minnesota defensive end coming. They have a UConn offensive guard coming, and they have a UMass safety coming. So they are doing very well in, in the recruiting, not just the high schoolers, but also the college um, players that also want to join. That's always been a real advantage that James Madison has had, and it's always been a different approach that they've had comparative to James Madison, or sorry, North Dakota State, rather, that they've been able to pick those big hauls up from bigger FBS programs or just FBS programs in general. The fact that they have three former two-star and up guys coming from those programs is is absolutely huge for the James Madison Dukes that they're able to reload and bring in and fill in the roles for those former transfers and then bring in more transfers to take over and play right away. One thing that they really need to improve on, though, is finding a replacement for Ben DiNucci. Now, Ben DiNucci improved towards the end of his career with James Madison and, and had a very good run towards the end of the season, had a bit of a rocky performance during the national championship but overall was a good quarterback for the Dukes but right now we don't really know who's going to be that next quarterback for them and during the preseason it was noted that Cole Johnson and Gage Maloney were competing for that 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 starting spot or, or or also for the backup spot as well we're not sure if they're going to be coming in and starting there's a lot of quarterbacks on their roster they did also recruit a two-star pro style quarterback Kyle Adams who is a bit undersized, hopefully could grow a little bit more, is 5'11 170. That's a major issue right now that they don't have any confidence really at the quarterback position because you'd at least hope you'd have a younger guy that had been developing and ready to come up. I don't know about confidence. I think that any good football program finds a way to have confidence in the players that they have. Uh, they just need to have players that can earn it and prove themselves to be worthy of the confidence of the coaches and their fellow teammates, uh, Johnson Maloney, hopefully they have the opportunities to, to really break through and one of them becomes the real leader of the team. Now, in terms of what they're losing, I think that they are having one of the worst situations for losing seniors that are going to actually have a huge potential to make NFL rosters. And looking at this list of guys Right, just right now, it, this is filling that typical James Madison recruiting approach of bringing in those transfers. A lot of these guys were former transfers. So Ben DiNucci, who was a transfer from Pitt, both Stapletons are, are going to be leaving. Both Stapleton brothers are, are out of eligibility and also believe they signed with an agent. So they are in preparation for the NFL, but also Dimitri Holloway is listed as a senior. Rashad Robinson was listed as a senior and, and is expected to make an NFL roster. Mac Patrick, offensive lineman. And then I think the two most devastating ones is Rondell Carter and John Daka, who were your two best pass rushers and also two of the best pass rushers in the country. To be losing all of those players is going to be some really big shoes, uh, some very big shoes that are needed to be filled uh, over the offseason. Yeah, when we, I think this last year for us, we lost a lot of depth on the defensive side. And we didn't just lose depth, though. We lost star depth for our team. And JMU is going to be seeing that also with especially losing Carter and Daka on, on the edges. These are your, I'd say, best two defensive players that are going. I mean, we, we lost two of our best linebackers and our best safety in one fell swoop. 
So, JMU, it, it's, you, you can't look to replace the Stars immediately. You have to either develop a star or hope that a transfer lands in your lap. If it happens, it happens. But you have to be prepared to develop guys and be fully committed to turning them into to viable players for your program. Yes, certainly. And, and you, you hit on the really good example that we dealt with in our time at the University of Rhode Island, which was this past season we struggled defensively because we lost so many key defensive players. And that is something that is very hard to recover from. You know, maybe you lose uh, you know, a quarterback in some cases that can be very difficult, but you could be like North Dakota state and have a Trey Lance step in and be a huge star and better, almost better than, than the previous guy that you had in Easton stick for them. But situationally for James Madison, they're losing so many veteran long playing defensive players that it's, it's going to be so hard for them to, effectively fill all of them now they could have guys step in and play right away but I would not be surprised if some of those positions that are filled especially those defensive ends not play up to the same level it's just it's it's inevitable it's very hard to to continue to find success from guys that were backups the previous season or incoming freshmen definitely definitely couldn't agree with you more all right that's gonna be it from us Thank you for tuning in. We will be coming at you next week with two more teams. If you have any suggestions, feel free to tweet at us at Joe DeLeon and at SeanAnderson65. If not, we will continue on with two teams of our choice. We will also be coming at you with another interview later on in the week. That will probably be the expected approach for the offseason, giving you some interviews, giving you some breakdowns of the best teams in the country Also, if you have any ideas or thoughts on some things you'd like to hear about, again, feel free to reach out to us on social media. Also, be sure to follow Believe Podcasts at Believe Podcasts on Twitter and on Instagram. Additionally, make sure you rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it. And also, we are available on Art19 now and you can find us and a host of other amazing shows hosted by believe podcasts that is gonna be it from us have a wonderful rest of your day folks thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.